1: What's up Chiefs Kingdom, welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches, I'm BJ Kissel joined as always by Nick Leckie and Tucker Franklin, it seems guys like it's been forever since the Chiefs have played a football game coming off the bye week and the Thanksgiving holiday, hopefully everybody out there had a fantastic Thanksgiving as we now dive into a very key stretch for the Chiefs over the next three facing AFC West opponents, and we are going to get to that and plenty more in this episode, but before we do, Nick, with you, how was your Thanksgiving? How was the time with the family? I hope it was all good and well. i Had a great time, I had an absolutely great
2: time. Went to Phoenix, took the family, just the four of us. You know, we used to live there in the desert, and enjoyed enjoy that weather, man. It was beautiful. I miss the desert. Don't miss the
1: people. Hmm. <laughs> what about you, Tucker? How was your Thanksgiving?
3: It was good. Uh, I had a good time. Seeing a bunch of family I hadn't seen in a while. We got together just. You know, it was first time we could really get together because of COVID, and now you got a new variant ramping up and everything. So it's like, it like a buzzer beater, you know, to see everybody again before <laughs> everything gets locked up again. Um, but uh, I I had a really good time. This weather we're having in Kansas City right now is incredible. I'm wearing shorts as we're recording this podcast. I wore this pullover and shorts today. Uh, can't beat that at the 2nd of December. Did you say jorts? jorts. I wish.
1: <laughs> jorts and uh, – or, she's jorts. Uh, shorts. <laughs> You got me saying it. Uh, shorts and hoodie weather is my favorite time of the year. Yeah. I don't think there's anything better than just throwing a hoodie on with some shorts, going outside and, and getting some stuff done. Especially when you in golf in like December. Uh, it's a pretty special time around Kansas City. Something else that we know is pretty special around Kansas City, and that is Jack Stack BBQ. If you do not follow it, Mr. Lucky on Twitter, he was tweeting about it the other day, that crown prime beef rib from Jack Stack Unbelievable, whether you go to one of the seven locations in Kansas City or you go to jackstackbbq.com and order it, have it shipped all over the country, they will take care of you this holiday season. Not a lot goes better together than jackstack and football. But guys, we have got a big game on Sunday. People in Denver are calling this the biggest game in Broncos history since the Super Bowl, which is saying something. Coming off a of bye week, I know that you know you've got the Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers all sitting at six and five, looking up at the seven and four Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to take care of business, win the division again. It's going to start on Sunday. Take care of the next three divisional games. Uh, but as we get into the meat of this, Nick, I just want to start with you. What? off the top of your head is just the top storyline. What are you looking forward to going into this matchup that's now been flexed and is on Sunday night football?
2: Well, I think it's, it's sort of that mid season, end of season resurgence for, for Denver. You know, I think they're playing with a lot of confidence. Everybody really thought that when they got rid of Vaughn that they were vying for that, that ownership, not, not, not employees were vying for that number one spot, you know, that they, they were looking at to get that solid draft pick. And turns out that, you know, getting rid of Vaughn was was a great thing for Denver. You know, it kind of opened up the the door for, for other players to come through to uh, sort of change up the the leadership structure within Denver. And uh, teams, uh, Cowboys underestimated him, you know. And then ever since then, they've been playing with confidence. And, and that's, that's the beauty of NFL and parity is that, you know, t- every team is good. You know, you just need to play together. You have a, a solid game plan and play together. And that's what Denver's doing right now. Yeah.
1: They really are Tucker. What about you? What do, What are the storylines? What are you looking forward to this matchup on Sunday?
3: I think that the biggest storyline, maybe the easiest one to talk about, is Andy Reid coming off of a bye week. It's it's yeah. incredible what he's done off of a bye week. Really unheard of. Uh, what I really think is interesting too. This might go beyond the scope of of just the Chiefs. But if you look at you know kind of how the Patriots are doing in the AFC as well, and how all these teams with this such a chaotic season, like we mentioned. The Broncos kind of, you know, finding a finding a little bit of confidence and you're seeing good coaching kind of prevail. And I think in in some of these instances and and with these good coaches are, are having having their way with these teams in this season. That's been so crazy. So I'm excited to see how Andy Reid adjusts for the second half of the season.
1: I'm excited. I had a chance earlier today to sit down and, and listen to to Maddie Lane and Matt Castle kind of break down um, their weekly video breakdown, uh, and they talked. They they had been kind of going back and looking at you know the game the Chiefs just played and coming off the bye week and not having played an opponent. They actually went back to last year's tape against Vic Fangio and the Broncos defense with that too high look that everybody's been talking about all season as to giving the Chiefs trouble, and it started with Vic Fangio. So um, I learned a lot just listening to those guys. I'm excited for everyone to check out in you know, our game preview content over the next couple of days as we go into this Sunday night game. And they break that down because it's really interesting to see the types of route combinations, the types of things that the Chiefs have done against Vic Fangio. And they've had success against the Broncos. I told Tucker before we recorded, it's been 2,271 days on Sunday since the Broncos last beat the Chiefs. That was September 17th. 2015 um that was a while ago my son wasn't even one yet and now he's he's in first grade uh, my daughter four years old has not seen the broncos beat the chiefs but um it's going wow. to be interesting tucker you talked about andy reed coming off a of bye he's 11 and 1 at home coming off a of Bryant and bye and 19 and 3 overall and i think guys the storyline i'm looking forward to most and Everybody's been talking about the defense going into the bye week, having be, become the first you know, team in the NFL this season to hold an opponent under 20 points for what four straight games and looking to make it a fifth against the Broncos. But uh, I want to see the offense. I want to see if the bye week, uh, some rest kind of gets them clicking again. I think we've kind of expected them to play at a certain level. And when they don't, we think they're really struggling and their idea of really struggling. They're still what number two in yards and like number eight in points per game. It's a different uh, expectation for those guys. But I want to see how the offense does, particularly Clyde Edwards, the the running game. And then in a passing game, just looking comfortable uh, with Patrick Williams. Nick brought up Von Miller not being there. It's a different kind of setup for the Broncos. But those are the. The storyline. I'm just kind of interested in watching the offense in general and how Clyde edwards Lair gets back in the mix uh, as you get into some of these what should be cold weather months, but is not. Is it 65 here in Kansas City and beautiful? Uh, but I'm excited to see those. And guys, I want to figure out who you guys think. And I wrote about this the other day on the KC Sports Network newsletter. But who are a, who's one player that each of you guys are think is primed for kind of a breakout? Not performance, but a breakout stretch here during the final six regular season games. Um, Tucker, we'll start with you. Just who's a player that that you think is kind of primed for that, you know, breakout? We're going to be talking about this guy over the next couple of months.
3: I think it could be Juan Thornhill. Juan Thornhill is a guy who's seen a, an increase of snaps, an increase, and an increased role with kind of Dan Sorensen going into that uh, specialty type defensive uh, role coming in when when he needs to. So so Juan has seen a lot of those snaps now. That that Dan saw. So just by the bulk of snaps that he's going to get, I'd love to see him step up make some plays. And we've seen him make some open field tackles, do some really good things in the defense. I think that he's one of those guys that really needs to get his confidence back or is starting to get his confidence back, I'll say, uh, after he tore his ACL. That's a tough one to come back off of as a torn ACL, especially as a defensive back because you got to change directions all the time. And he's finally starting to get his legs under him and starting to get a good feel for it. And I'm excited to see what he can do really for the future. And I think that this is really just a start for him.
1: Nick, what about you? Who's a player that you're excited to see that you think could break out over the next couple of months?
2: Well, I think it's more, I'm not really a player, but it's 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 a group. and And I gotta say that the the linebacking core. And, and I gotta say that having hitchback, uh, Bolton, Willie Gay, uh, that that trio has learned a lot. You know, they've all been injured at different times throughout the season. So they've all had to fill in for each other. And you know, Hitch has always been there, you know, as that elder statesman in the room, sort of guiding the, these two young uh players along. And you can really see like once the, the trio is healthy together, Jesus Christ, they're a they're a dominant force. You know, they they really are strong. And it's like, you know, as an offensive lineman, you know, like if I was preparing against the Chiefs and you see that trio and how well they play, you have, you know, a smaller guy who who's you know pretty stout. Um, you know, you got Hitch, who's that that vet. Uh, you know, savvy veteran, as they say. And then Willie Gay will just he, – he's Ironhead Hayward, you know. So he's the guy you don't want to face. And, <clears throat> you know, trying to run the ball against those guys is going to be super difficult. And the fact that they've all had to play each other's positions, they've all been injured, they kind of get this whole concept of, of the defensive scheme that Spags wants to do. And then that makes their, their job better because they're like, okay, I got to do my job. And I know what it's like to be the Mike on this call or the Will on this call and Sam. So, you know, it's they, they've learned a lot.
1: yeah I think I'm gonna stay on the defensive side and I I wrote about him on the the article but Rashad Fenton I think most Chiefs fans have started to kind of get an understanding of how well he's been playing so far this season I know everybody everybody's got different feelings on pro football focus and I'll be the first to admit I'm a giant hypocrite when the the stats are good I'm gonna retweet it and talk about it when they're bad I'll be like it's pro football focus uh so when when they're good I'm gonna look into them and and Rashad Fenton's numbers are, are really really good I don't know if you can keep a straight face and, and put him into the, the Jalen Ramsey, um, you know, category, like, you know, these advanced analytics do. Uh, but there's something to be said for quantifying and putting, taking kind of the subjective nature out of it and just quantifying, you know, how these guys are doing and, and to kind of give us a perspective of how well he's been playing. But this guy's what, 23, 24 years old going in next year. will be the last year of his rookie deal. This is when you start, you know, talking extension with young players and a guy like Rashad Finn's only going to get more expensive. If he continues to make big time plays, this is when you do, if you wait too long, you're going to, it's going to cost you a lot more money for a player who signed for like, you know, $160,000 signing bonus, um, for as well as he's playing right now, he's physical, he could play inside, he could play outside. He could do, obviously I think the, the lab, as I've said, he's a little bit better on the outside. Tucker, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, he's a guy that has got some flexibility, does all the things you want, and I've had a chance to be around him a little bit. Uh, he's not going to do anything in the locker room, or he's kind of a quieter guy. He's a good guy in the community, so uh, those are guys you want to reward, and I think uh, as we go into some of these more uh, high-leverage games where there's just a lot more riding on every single play, and the, the Chiefs are up, and there's you know balls flying around down the field uh, trying to keep up with the Chiefs' offense, I think 27. I think Rashad Fenton's going to get tested, and I'm excited to see him continue to make plays and kind of continue to get noticed by more than just uh, Chiefs fans who have been paying attention.
3: Yeah, and, and a note on Rashad Fenton, he did not practice today. He didn't practice yesterday. Nope. Probably not going to play this Sunday against the uh, the Broncos, but I don't think the, the injuries as serious as originally thought. Uh, yeah, that's the- kind of the sentiment around it. So uh, hopefully he gets well soon and gets back to practicing. But, yeah, I, I, I like Fenton, whether it's outside or inside. I just like him on the field.
1: Yeah, the report said that it wasn't a big deal with his knee injury. Now, that's relative to the <laughs> question and what's being asked. So they're not amputating or um, he's done for the year or whatever it is. But um, hopefully, as you say, and, and what the reports are, it's not too bad. But he's been having a fantastic season, so it's been great to see. And the other uh, thing, and just looking at some of the matchup and looking at some of the stats in areas that the Broncos have really struggled, just the one that jumps out, they're dead last in the NFL and kickoff return coverage. They're averaging mm. giving up. 36 yards per return and we know that byron pringle mike hugh whoever's back there returning doesn't matter if they catch it nine yards deep in the end zone they're bring, they're bringing it out yeah and maybe that becomes that third phase is something that we haven't really seen a lot of the huge impact in the ways that we have in the past and there have been a couple plays here and there uh but the way that we've talked about dave tobe when he first arrived at kansas city with some of those returns uh it seems like they're due nick at some point to get a big return and wh- who better to do it than the k-stater
2: yeah. Right. I think that that'd be fantastic. Special teams. You, when it comes to uh points off of a uh, non-offensive touchdowns.
1: <laughs> yeah. We've seen that enough with K-State, you and I over the years, but um, Nick, what other, what on the offensive line, I know that's been a storyline that people have talked about in regards to individual play and kind of scouting or um, evaluating what people have seen, how much, is there, I'll see if I can articulate this question uh, well, how much is there to be said for those guys getting reps next to each other, getting play calls, just getting experience so they can learn the types of things in the moment, in the game that they're successful with and not successful with. And a spe- specific example is you're facing a speed rusher and you've got Orlando Brown isolated against the speed rusher where, you know, his strength isn't necessarily moving his feet and bringing that guy up the arc. What types of things like that can you kind of adjust during a bye week where offensively where we haven't seen him necessarily click for an entire game up front with play calling during the bye week? How can you kind of self-scout what you've done through the first, what, 11 games of the season to make adjustments moving forward for this final stretch?
2: So it starts with your play calls. And and for Patrick, you know, I go back to that drift concept, right? If you have a five-step drop, go drop five y- five steps. Seven steps, same thing. Uh, just make sure you're positioning as well. Make sure that interior offensive line is, uh, especially with Tooney, is, is given inside help to Orlando. That way, he can sort of sell out a little bit more to stop that outside. And if he if the defender goes inside, then then Tooney will be there for for. Not even for for to help out where you help out, but also just for positioning. So that way, if that DN's looking to make a move, he doesn't see this big, wide open gap between the left guard and the tackle. He's okay. There's there's my space. I'm going inside. It's kind of like I don't want to go inside. You know, make you you rethink. And then also just being in line with that, and also too, running the ball helps figuring out you know what this offensive line can do as far as you know what run plays work. They're not, they're not quite that, the outside sweet team. They're, they're more straight inside zone. Um, draw plays, um, you know, they haven't quite figured out the, uh, the, like, the Blankos, like the Powers, where we got, mm-hmm. you know, a guard pulling up for that linebacker and kicking out. Um, not quite a power team like, like, you know, Orlando was in Baltimore, but they just have success with straight ahead running. They got some, some dominant, you know, beef up front that they'll come at you. And you got the running back now, you got two running backs. You got options now to run that. So that helps your pass game, right? When because I think teams really didn't didn't really care about the run versus Kansas City. And now they're like, oh, Clyde Edwards Holer went down. Daryl Williams stepped up big time. Clyde Edwards Slair comes back. He's stepping up big time because he sees what his backup can do. So there's a whole amalgamation of things, why why things are clicking finally.
3: Yeah. I like that.
1: I want to ask specifically to, to ping back to you, Nick, though, because Creed Humphrey playing at arguably, you know, a pro bowl, all pro level all pro. And for a couple other guys, but um, there's some other really, really good centers out there as well. But for a guy who played the position in the league, how impressed have you been for a young player and what Creed Humphrey has, has done? We haven't talked about that on this show, uh, but you spent six years playing the same position. What's impressed you most about what we've seen from Creed Humphrey?
2: So what you do, like when you watch, like watch Buffalo with Morse, s- Um, You know, watch Arizona when Hudson was, was, was healthy. Um, You know, those are your, you know, your top centers in the league. And it's not that they're not like out there dominating someone driving them 20 yards back. It's what's not happening. They're not getting bull rushed. Like, you know, they're able to block one-on-one without guard help without getting bull rushed in the quarterback's lap. Uh, They're consistent. Like every play they're getting their block. Uh, They're not getting beat. And you just, they, they make their guy, they're like dark matter. They just absorb anything that, that gets onto it. And, and that's what dark matter does, just absorbs it. That way, you know, you can't see the light. You can't see anything. So that player just been taken off the chessboard. And then you have that. And then you've got, you know, shout out to also Tooney and Trey Smith right next to him too. Because it, it takes a, a village, especially offensive line play. So that just speaks to the instant cohesion that they all have uh, that Creed's able to accelerate and stand out like that. And, I mean, the dude's
3: raw. Um, okay. I mean, Creed is just, oh, oh, my God, just <laughs> power. I think the best quality about an offensive line and an offensive lineman just in general is the ability to go unnoticed almost. Uh, you can watch these games and not think about Creed Humphrey um, if you're not watching them specifically, especially the thing, same, with th- same thing with Trey Smith, same thing with Joe Tooney and, and Orlando Brown. You can go a whole game and not even think about oh, those guys were out there, and they were they were doing their job. Because, I mean, if you watch, if you, like, go back and you're watching the offensive line, those guys take care of business. Uh, they don't mess around. They're burying people. There's always a clip that circulates on Twitter after games of Trey Smith absolutely burying somebody, knocking a guy's helmet off. But sometimes you don't see that in real time. And I think that's so good. That's what's been so good about this offensive line is, they've been unnoticeable, but that's not a bad, like you say that and it sounds negative. Like it almost carries a negative connotation, but as an offensive lineman, that's the last thing you want is your name called on the broadcast because you're probably doing something wrong. If your name's getting called on the broadcast and those two guys with really the whole five guy front is, is a good one. And this question here from uh, Brandon Holick, I just saw this one pop up. That's the Fenton one. I clicked on the wrong one. He said uh, any chance Kyle long starts at right tackle over Wiley on Sunday. I don't personally think so. I think it's gonna take a little bit longer if he does come back and play right tackle. I think he's kind of that emergency swing guy right now. You know how kind of Andrew Wiley the role that Andrew Wiley was playing before he had to go into right tackle. So I think that's kind of what, what Kyle Long's gonna be gonna be doing is filling in if something does happen, God forbid knock on knock on wood. He can go in and play guard, he can play tackle. So I think that's kind of the idea for Kyle Long right now.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great point. I know coach Reed was asked about Lucas Yang and just basically not committal about anything because it's the middle of the week and there's no benefit for him to be committal to anything. Uh, but I almost forgot about Kyle long, you know, being an option as a guy who's sitting there and he's going to have to get some reps and uh, before he could step in, expect him to be the Kyle long that we all know the name because of how well he's played throughout his career. Um well, that's a really good point and a great question and for anyone out there is listening whether you're subs- uh whether you're listening or watching on uh, Twitter Uh, whether you're on Facebook or on YouTube specifically, please rate, review, subscribe, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are very close to hitting a milestone goal of 5,000 subscribers that we set before this season began. I think we're less than like 10 subscribers away. Uh, So if you have subscribed, we appreciate your support. And if you have not, please pound that subscribe button on YouTube and we will hit one more goal. Uh, that we had set out for ourselves in what was another record, record-breaking month last month in November uh, with the most podcast downloads, views, follows, all that good stuff that, that measures that you guys like what we've been doing. And we appreciate all of your support for this show and for the KC Lab, for one-on-one and all the videos yeah. that we do. We really, really appreciate it. And it's pretty cool last week to announce that Derek Johnson uh, has joined Matt Castle. Uh, as two guys doing weekly video breakdowns um with our guys. So again, we appreciate all that support. All that said, we get to move into our final segment in this quick show coming off the bye week, and that is blind nil. Mm. And Nick, let's let you take it away to lead us off here on blind nil here on outside the trenches.
2: All right, blind nil pulse check. Who did you think was gonna run the table and it sucked? And is, you know, kind of pooped the bed. And then who do you th- who did you think beginning of the year was dead? And is like, oh, my God, they're good now.
3: Hmm. OK, this is this is a first reactions. First things, uh, first teams that came to my head when you said that the Buffalo Bills were the first team that kind of pooped the bed a little bit. Uh, they had a chance to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, but lost in a nine to six game. Ugh. if you're going to compare your quarterback to Patrick Mahomes, that doesn't happen. Um, that was kind of a gross football game. Uh, and then they've kind of had weird, they blew out the saints, but then got blown out by, you know, other teams. It's, it's been a weird season for everybody, but their season in particular, now they lost Davius white, who's went on the IR more than likely done for the rest of the season with the torn ACL. Um, you never know with those guys, if they can come back or not. But uh, the other team that I thought was, was dead, but aren't, aren't, Tennessee Titans. Uh, I thought at the beginning of the season, I I hate those guys. But uh, at the beginning of the season, I was like, ah, they're not any good. They're they're not a good football team. Then they come out and stomp on the Chiefs, and then they lose Derrick Henry, but still win games. Yeah, they did lose to the Texans, but I mean, they still won a couple games with their Kenry out and you're just like, wait, is this team actually good? I'm still not, I'm still not convinced that they're actually good. I still think that they're bad, but then they're just fooling it's kind of like the Ravens, the Ravens are one of those teams where I'm like, I don't think they're actually good. Um, but those are the kind of the first two teams that popped into my head.
1: Yeah, I, those jumped out to me, uh, Tucker, and the, the Ravens don't so – it's kind of like the Cowboys. Like, they don't surprise me. You kind of expect them to be pretty good and, and yeah. kind of surprise and let you down in some spots. But to me, the Rams. I, I, maybe it was just because I was really high on Matthew Stafford joining the Rams. I know he's been banged up, and there's reports coming out that he's been a little injured. But I thought that they were to come out just yeah, guns cool. a-blazing and that they weren't going to slow down or struggle at all. Uh, So that's a little surprising. I think Buffalo is a good one. That was another one I expected a lot. I've seen some comments of the Chargers uh, kind of falling off. It was a young quarterback. Mm. I thought they were going to be good. Uh, Wasn't quite sure how much, but the team that's pleasantly, I wouldn't say pleasantly because I don't want to see anybody do good in the AFC, but the Patriots. I mean, for the Patriots to sit eight and four with Mac Jones um, and Bill Belichick, like, we joked about, it, I think, on the last episode that maybe it's that Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick trying to prove who is the success who who is the reason for the success. And now Belichick gets to prove that he's actually pretty good too, uh, even without Tom. But Nick, those would be the the two that jump out to me as being kind of thought they were gonna be really good. And then Cleveland is the other one that yeah. thought they were gonna be better and have a good season and take a step forward. And instead Baker's banged up bopping fans that are bopping him and everyone just yelling about everything over there. So uh, (laughs) Cleveland to be another one though, that I thought was going to be a little bit better.
2: You know, I I agree. I think, I think Belichick wants to win the, the breakup war. Um, I honestly, I, I don't want to proclaim this now, but Mac Jones is your, is your Tom Brady S quarterback where he's not going to win with his legs, but he'll win cerebrally. And so he'll another guy who'll be able to play until he's 50. You know, just with that, with that, just performances, his throws, his his level of smarts, and New England has been that team for me. Who I was like, I gave him no shot to begin the season. I was like, no shot. You got a rookie quarterback, yeah. um, you know, and it's like, no. Nah. And even they they started out and they're pooping the bed, mm-hmm. and then they they their defense is back to back to New England, man. Their damn defense, man, shutting out people in the NFL. What are you kidding yep. me? Like I don't care who you are, man. You do that; it's it's fantastic. And then to me, the other one who who I did I left for dead was Arizona. Wow, mm. seriously? Yeah, where that even without Kyler Murray, right? They're still still doing their damn thing. You know, it's just yeah, yeah. it's you know really really good teams right there that I see. And Buffalo yeah. and this y- Patriots
1: they're doing without Stephon Gilmore too. Like yeah. He's with the Panthers. Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't just Tom Brady leaving and them going to a rookie mm-hmm. quarterback. They, they lost some key pieces. Not like they throw around a lot of money in free agency anyway. Uh, they just seemed to chug along, and you thought Bills would take over the AFC East, and that hasn't happened. And you look at the AFC East, and guess who's back on top? Like, right now, it is the New England Patriots.
3: So. Yeah. MJ10, he filed for that trademark. and Going to go after the TB12 brand. He's going with the MJ10 brand. Uh, and we'll see. I think... Have you ever? Have you guys seen the clip on on social? I see this come up every now and again. Uh, Instagram always has those like recommended reels. It's basically just like reposted TikToks, is essentially what it is. And, and it's this one about uh, Mac Jones of like preseason, like when he just came in and was like joking around with the media, and like now yeah. in season, and he's just like <laughs> so dry, and he's like they they've turned him into a Patriots quarterback. <laughs>
1: It's like, you could tell like Bill Belichick got a hold of him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That I think of that one. And the other one I think is, and I can't remember who the player is. Uh, it's probably like Jonathan Allen. It was one of the, it was one of the Alabama like defensive linemen a few years ago before the national title was asked about the team. And he was like, yeah, they're not that good. I, they're, they're a tough opponent. And yeah, like, he just, it was like that. And the the caption was like the moment Nick Saban's like face enters your mind. He's like, no, they're not. They're a tough opponent. We got a lot of work ahead of us. <laughs> like,
2: it was awesome. I love that. Nick, our, yeah, people don't realize Tucker, how much how much you hold back. In yeah, media when you're as a player,
1: we've joked about this before. Of I wish players would just be like honest, but every <clears> time <throat> they are, like world freaks out. Yeah, like if they just say like I don't think that guy's very good, like uh, he's trash. it's okay to think that, but can't yeah. can't say, can't say can't it publicly. Say it. All right, Tucker, what do you got for this week's blind no?
3: So this weather's got me in a good move, kind of pushed the seasonal depression a little bit down the road. Yeah, So I I started thinking, you know, Sunday night game at Arrowhead this week, it's going to be like in the 60s. It's going to be a nice game to tailgate for leading up to the Sunday night game. What are you drinking? On December the the 5th it will be, and it's going to be nice out. Do you still stay with the summer bevs, or do you kind of start to transition into the wintry stuff? I'm curious, what are you guys picking out of the cooler? Probably the best question on this whole entire show
1: <laughs> yet. I can't wait to hear, Nick. Nick, you go first.
3: Um,
2: shoot. Uh, you know, I just basically it's what am I feeling? You know, did uh-huh. I drink the night before? You know, am I a bit hungover from that? So it's right. like, did I have bourbon and cigars the night before? Uh, or is it cool weather? And I'm like, okay, am I going to break out the absolute mandarin on the rocks? Like, is that – that's mm. my summer bevy. Um, you know, so I might, I might do that to kind of, you know, the last remnants of, um, uh, that Indian summer, right. right. That Native American summer. Um, you know, that it's like, okay, I'll do some, some absolute Mandarin and, and ice. And then it'll be negative 50 on Monday. You know, it's, it's that last little purge yeah. of, of warmth.
1: If for me. And honestly, you think I'm a company man when I say this, because Tucker, I like the way that you put this, because if it's really cold out. Give me that coffee and five farms, Irish cream. Yeah. Like that stuff is very, very good. I can't do that. Sorry. I can't do that. It, it's better than like peppermint schnapp. Like those are the two. Oh, like, yeah, whatever yeah. It goes with yeah. coffee, yeah. hot. Hell like yeah. it's got to be something like that. Like if it's really cold Ooh. out, I need something to make me feel a little, I need a warm drink. Um, it's not going to be like mulling wine, like Christmas. <laughs> like. What is that's that the only warm thing I can think of. Like what's a warm drink that you would drink a lot of that's not coffee with some sort of alcohol in it?
2: Is it Irish cream? Is that what that is? Is that
1: what yeah. that is? Mm-hmm. It's farm farms just, based like Bailey. It's like a better version of Bailey's.
2: It's pretty good.
3: I drank I, it straight I, the other I day. It,
2: it, I just I know I know it's it's so tasty. Let me see. Is it the, the funky bottle? No, that is I a cool was looking, looking a bottle. bottle of it, but it's downstairs because I've been bottle, drinking right? it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It <laughs> I just can't drink it because
2: it, it tastes too good, and I want to drink about a thousand of it. That's that's yeah. what I think like 12 steps in.
1: If it's warm that's out, I want some sort of summer brew. I need some sort of like vodka, ginger beer, something to some kind of vodka, beer, lemonade mix. Uh, the best summer brew I ever made in my life, Nick, I drank on the way to Lincoln, Nebraska in like 2004. Dude, it wasn't 2003, whatever, 2004, 2005, uh, whatever year that was, you guys played in Lincoln. Uh, I drove up there with some buddies and we made a, a batch for the was road. It a
2: W or a loss? Mm.
1: I think we lost. Actually, it
2: wasn't wasn't o three then, probably o five. It
1: wasn't o I wasn't at Case State in three. It was 05, either oh oh five Okay, mm-hmm. um, yeah. That that summer brew was just absolutely money. You made and a summer brew. I just mixed a bunch of vodka and beer and lemonade together and drank it in a big. Oh, was tub. that summer brew? That's what we called it. I don't okay. know what it's. I don't know what the official That's, name for it good. Is, but it was is that, delicious. Acceptable, <laughs> Tucker. Is
3: that yeah, I, I think it's good. What what I was thinking is I I'm I'm on the same thought path as you are nick of you know this is probably the last time i'm gonna get to really enjoy something light and summery fruity maybe even um and we gotta have <laughs> board up for the winter so i think you gotta you gotta kind of enjoy it while it lasts so i'm thinking maybe a nice uh mule i love good mules dark and stormies um moscow mules any kind of mule i'm a big fan of about the like, copper mugs makes me feel fancy oh. um I'm also a very big fan of any like shandy or Radler. You can't really find those in, in stores anymore just because it's not seasonal, but like during summertime, once it's like Radler season, oh boy, that's, that's my favorite. Those, those go down smooth. Uh, you can drink a sixer without even realizing it. Uh, but that's kind of what my thought process is. Give me something light, Give me something uh, that'll really uh, make me feel make me feel good, put me in a good mood while the weather's still nice. Tucker,
1: you seem to always be in a good mood. I don't know how difficult it would be to put you in a good <laughs> mood, but uh, guys, what I want to know is during the bye week you have a lot of time to, to think about the season and where things are at, and you just overanalyze anything and everything regarding the Chiefs. And so what I want to know is prognosticate the end of the season, the Super Bowl, what's the best case scenario for you to feel most satisfied at the end of this chief season, what is, how does it play out? Who are they beating? What kind of scenario plays out for you to be as happy as you could possibly be when this season ends? What does that look like? Obviously winning the Super Bowl in some kind of way yeah. would be, I would, I would guess part of that, Nick start with you. What does that look like for you? Just best case scenario, putting a, to putting a bow on this season.
2: Chiefs beating Buffalo in the first round of playoffs. Mm. Okay. Um, second round playing um, <clears throat> uh, and beating. I don't know if Cleveland will do it. Um, Cincinnati. I see Cincinnati being up there, and then an AFC Championship game beating uh, New England, hmm. and then beating um, Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. Mm.
1: That's just gonna do it for you. We finally get to see Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers face off.
2: That's
1: yeah. a good one, the though. State, the State Farm, state Farm
3: will love it. State Farm will just yeah. absolutely love it. <laughs> they tried. They tried so hard. Jake, Jake, Jake from State Farm was in Kansas City for that game. I, saw uh, that. I yeah, I saw they that. had a they had a tailgate show like at KC Live Block, and then Aaron Rodgers got COVID, and then that whole thing was kind of ruined. Um, so they were planning on a big a big event for this. And uh, Aaron Rodgers ruined it. Like he does most things. hey <laughs> Um <laughs> But, um, oh, man, I should have made a relationship with his family joke right there. Oh, well, I missed so that one. Um, but anyway, I think that the best-case scenario is Patrick Mahomes wins MVP, right? Um, Chris Jones wins Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, the Chiefs sweep the awards. Also, Andy Reid is, like, not in the consideration for Coach of the Year. And I kind of think that's kind of bonkers. Maybe that's a conversation for another podcast, but – are we complacent with Andy Reid's coaching for him to basically take this team that was already buried and now make them in conversation for the number one seed? Yeah, he does it every year, but I mean, I just think he's done a really good job this year. Anyway, um, I think Andy Reid winning coach of the year would be a good one. And and I'm with Nick. I think it's got to be like, prove the the haters wrong to her. I I think it's going to be one of those things where like you beat Buffalo, you got to beat probably New England um, because I don't think you can you can beat win another Super Bowl without beating Belichick
1: or, or um, Tennessee or Tennessee Getting yeah. by them earlier in the year. Yeah,
3: that's a good one. Uh, yeah, so beat those and then because remember, all the all the uh the talk about the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl in 2019 is oh, they never they didn't play Brady, they didn't play Belichick. It's not a valid yeah. Super Bowl. That's what people want to say. So you play, um. The Patriots. You beat Belichick, then you have got to beat Brady. I think you have to beat yeah. Brady in um, in Tampa Bay. Uh, you've yeah. got to do that, and then the conversation's back. The goat. Who's the goat? And then you got that conversation again. I think that's got to be the the chef's kiss on the season.
1: <laughs> that, for me, that's it. For me, that's it. From the beginning, you got to beat Tom Brady. And I yeah. spent the whole time. What I wasn't thinking about. What's the perfect way to do this? I was thinking during Thanksgiving is the perfect way for this season in, to end. Is for Mahomes to beat Brady because he hasn't. And Brady retires in a couple of years. If they never get that opportunity to beat him, that goat conversation is never going to last long because Brady beat him every time. Yeah. You know they're not going head to head, but you got to beat Tom Brady finally uh, in a big game that matters, playoffs, whatever it is. Uh, I think it'd be pretty poetic to to beat Buffalo, beat Tennessee, and then go. And if you have to beat New England and going beat Tom Brady, that's just to your point. Tucker, that, that chef's kiss of just kind of beating all of those people to finally say you got the one because otherwise uh you're always gonna have that. But Brady beat you every time you played the big game.
3: Right. Yeah. That, that's that's getting me excited. Just getting me excited.
1: I
2: didn't even think about that, but I was more thinking that uh Green Bay remembers that loss. I think Green Bay took Tampa mm. lightly last year. I think Tampa took everyone by surprise last year by by catching fire when it mattered. Um, you know, I had some some that last second uh, first half touchdown by Tampa really helped him out. Yeah, but it, it would be nice to see. But I kind of want to see Aaron Rodgers, like he's kind of my favorite quarterback. Outside That's the, of the thing.
3: Game. Is you we haven't seen that. Yet. We haven't seen the Rodgers Mahomes and how many more years does Rodgers have? Maybe not A very lot. many left in, in Green Bay. But I think he if he goes to the Broncos, how exciting will it be? Yeah. Holy, God, I kind of want that to happen. I want that to happen. Stop. Is
1: anyone? Is, is anyone going to be? He's got to be the the leading candidate to end up in Denver. Like, I think they're all these receivers signed, Tim Patrick. They got Jerry Judy. Obviously, Cortland Court, Sutton is a stud. He's paid. I think they're just trying to make it as attractive as possible for an Aaron Rodgers to know that he's got weapons there. And you think John Elway is not going to go try to find another quarterback? Like, I don't think it's not Drew Locke, it's not Teddy Bridgewater. They need a quarterback.
3: Wow. Um, that sweepstakes
1: set, would be huge. The Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. It will be.
2: He's only got one year left. Mess. He's
3: a free agent next year.
1: I think they redid they
3: his contract. So, they, yeah.
1: so he would be let go or like he's, he's done. <sighs> yeah. He's not going back to Green Bay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. I can't imagine at this point, but uh, Tucker, you mentioned earlier uh, Tradavius White and his injury. I saw something on social media that kind of segues into this last point. I want to make before we wrap this show up. that is, I'm going to give a special shout out. It's weird on this platform, but to Bill's Mafia. Every time stuff like this happens, they seem to rally around their players in ways that a lot of other fan bases don't. Tredavious White injures his ACL. It seems like he's done for the year. And then the fan base goes and starts donating $27 to a food pantry in his hometown. And they raise over $100,000 for the food pantry in his hometown as fans just saying thank you even though you're injured we've got your back we support you and they go and do something in a very real way in giving back and that is just that's a really cool deal we've seen it with josh allen we've seen it with other people um i think it was like a hospital wing or something that so much money was donated that they could open up this huge side of a new hospital yeah. uh that bill's fans were a part of and that's just absolutely amazing for people especially during this time of the year uh to give back and then I wanted to a chance on this show. I want to do it here at the end and talk about our Soul of KC holiday raffle and toy drive that we have going on at KC Sports Network. In case anyone out there listening hasn't seen it or um, doesn't know what we have going on, uh, we're basically selling raffle tickets. Um, they're all purchased through our Venmo at KC Sports Network. Uh, one ticket is 20 bucks. 10 tickets is $100. We have 17 different items that you could win in this raffle. Everything from a Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet to a Chris Jones autographed um jersey that will be purchased for whoever wins to make sure it fits that person uh and then we'll get it signed creed humphrey autographed gloves um we've got cookie society sampler uh gift cards to a bunch of different restaurants capital grill uh q39 third street social we've got a lot of cool things um Giving away as part of things that you can win with this raffle. And then all the money that we get are going to buying toys that we are then going to deliver to Operation Breakthrough uh, the second week in December. Uh, we are raffling off all of these items during our live post game show. On December 16th, it is that Thursday night game against the Chargers at the beginning of the post-game show. We will draw 17 winners, announce those winners for this raffle. As of now, and I haven't checked it since we started this show, uh, we were just shy of 100 people donating, and we're over $6,000 wow. already raised to buy toys for Operation Breakthrough. So already amazing contributions from Chiefs Kingdom and from local businesses. Every item that we are yeah. giving away was donated as part of this giveaway so really cool deals If you're out there and you want to support us You want to support what we got going on um, Go to KC Sports Network on Venmo Send us 20 bucks and your name will be in the ring Pay us 100 bucks and you got 10 Chances to win those really Really cool items and all that can be found on our social Media channels so thank you Nick and Tucker for giving me The platform to talk about that
3: I got something exciting You ready? What's up? Yep. We fit 5,000 subs on YouTube We did it during the recording of this podcast, the live version, we are at 5,001 subscribers. Thank you, everybody. Awesome. For yes, thank thank you. you. Thank you. We,
1: thank we had personal, I don't think we promoted anywhere, but 5,000 subs on uh, YouTube and 10,000 followers on Twitter were two of the goals, and we hit both those um, over the last couple of weeks. And like I said, uh, most podcast downloads by a pretty substantial jump last month. Excuse so us. we appreciate everybody that's continuing to support everything that we've got going on. And. Uh, Nick, you and I started podcasting from the beginning, uh, back on in the trenches. So it's been a cool ride, uh, for anybody who's been following us along this whole time.
2: Yeah. Thank you for listening. And Hey, if you have any questions or comments, leave them in the comment section of YouTube. And if you want suggestions, put it in there. We'll talk about it. If you want to hear BJ Tucker or I say something, discuss something. We don't care if it's inane. I actually prefer if it's non cheese related, but if you want to talk football, yeah. ask us right ask us that you know because you were that that third that that fifth column uh, of this whole podcast network we're like the
1: we're the b-side yeah right (laughs) you've always called it you've always called it the b-side every every show on our network's got to be a little bit different we've we've got some plans for the future and some cool things that we're going to be doing and some more (laughs) partnerships and more shows and uh, some more people that we're adding to the mix. So there's a lot of cool stuff on the horizon here at KC Sports Network. And we appreciate all of you out there that continue to support us by subscribing to our channels, donating to things like Soul of KC to help give back to the community. Because yeah. that is very important for us here as we continue to build up this network uh, that we have a very tangible um, you know, relationship with the community and people that are absorbing and consuming the content that we're putting out um, that it's important to us to do some, some stuff that's real outside of distracting you while you're supposed to be working by (laughs) Thursday after Thursday afternoon. So get back to work.
3: Yeah. (laughs) We
1: appreciate everybody who's following us along live, um, or is listening to the podcast version after the fact, we appreciate all your support and we will be back with you guys. Uh, we've got a special episode of sometimes weekly coming out tomorrow afternoon. That's going to have a little bit of a chief's feel, not going to, not going to, uh, drop the guest's name quite yet, but it's going to be a good one. You guys are going to want to watch that one for sure. And then obviously we'll see you after the game, late one and our late a live post-game show from the Kingdom Bar and Grill as it's under construction. We will be there Sunday night to talk about Chiefs Broncos, hopefully picking up uh, another dub, moving on to eight and four and continuing uh, their ascent atop the AFC West. So appreciate everybody for tuning in. We will be with you guys next week. And as always, be good to each other. See you.